Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. This is your host, this and every episode, Jamie Rodriguez. Before introducing you to our outstanding guest for today's episode, guys, wanted to invite you to join our newsletter. We have a great newsletter, and every Friday, we send you five fresh new tracks, you know, straight from our sources of the hits from the future, stuff that you should know about, outstanding music for your playlists. You can sign up on our website, jrodconcertspodcast.com. Now. Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest, unlike any other we've ever had, she is bringing bluegrass music to a new generation of listeners from Canada, now in Nashville, ladies and gentlemen, Bella White. Rolling Stone Country has sent her praises, critics love her, and this is for a reason. This is for a reason. You know, her debut album, Just Like Leaving, came out recently, about a month and a half ago, and it's coming-of-age anthem with traditional sounds of the American South and that genre of the Canadian prairies from Calgary that is just absolutely stunning, absolutely stunning. At a mere 20 years old, Bella's music is so wise and profound uh, that the music will just take you places, emotionally, you know, uh, mentally. It, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful album, and it's no wonder why all the critics and all the media have fallen head over heels for this piece of art. Uh, we were blessed to talk to Bella about her journey growing up, uh, how music was a huge part uh, by her family, the prairies in Canada, her time in Boston, her very formative time in Boston, Massachusetts, and ultimately, uh, currently in Nashville, the success that she's achieving. And she also has a great performance of one of her hit singles for us. So stay tuned for that, guys. If you have more information uh, about Bella, if you want to find out about her future tour dates, her fan club, her merch and store, be sure to check out BellaWhiteMusic.com. And guys, without further ado, we welcome you to this outstanding interview with Bella White. Hey! Hello! Can you hear me? Can you see me, Bella? Yes, I can. Can you hear and see me well? Perfect. Perfect. I got an email that you were there early. I'm like, okay. Yes, I am here early. I love it. Bella White, look at you. Hello. <laughs> look at you, Bella White. Oh my God, Bella. So excited for this one. I have to tell you, we've been looking forward to meeting you forever. Uh, oh. your, your bluegrass music, Bella, it's just hypnotizing. It does Aww. something to my soul, and I think my audience is going to do the same to them. I mean, people should just play, you know, just like leaving and all I give to you outside in this fall. Yeah. Uh, you know, October nights and just let it sweep over your soul and see what I'm talking about. It's something special, oh, Bella. That's so nice to hear. Thank you. Absolutely. And everyone's raving about you. It's not just me trolling Stone Country. Look, everyone, everyone loves you, Bella. Blah, 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 blah. You're awesome. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, uh, Bella. So let's uh, let's start with your early life, if that's all right, and then kind of yeah. move our way to the forward a little bit because love your story. Uh, you're from Alberta. You're from Alberta, Canada. 
Yes. Middle of the Canadian Rockies and prairies, you know, close close to Vancouver, just to the to the east of, of British Columbia. One of the most beautiful parts in the world, isn't it, Vela? It's gorgeous. It is stunning. Absolutely. Yeah, I had the chance to go there a couple of times. Oh my God, it's like it's like a postcard. So yeah, it really I, is. It makes sense that your music is from there because it's something else. Um how did you, you know, so your dad, obviously, he grew up in, Appala in Appalachia in the U.S. Yes, he grew up in Virginia. In yeah. Virginia. How did he end up in, in, uh, in Canada? Well, so he met my mom. She is from Canada, and she was living in Virginia for a little while, working just kind of randomly. But she grew up in Alberta, where I'm from, and she was working in Virginia, and they were working together, and then they got married, and she made him come back to Canada. <laughs> Of course, of course. Everything for love, right? Yes, that's right. Oh, God. And of course, your dad's a musician in his own right. Um, a tremendous bluegrass player, Bella. Yeah. And, and your mom also like an amateur singer as well? Yeah, she does a little bit here and there. She's just kind of for fun. But yeah, my dad's a really great bluegrass musician. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, he really is. So I imagine bluegrass was the sound of your childhood. Yeah, it was kind of always around. He was, you know, in a band and always playing. When he wasn't playing it himself, we had like records playing around the house. And yeah, it was always there. That's amazing. So like we're, we're starting like the holiday season, I guess, Bella. You know, we got Halloween coming up and Christmas right on the corner. How, how are the holidays, you know, with you as a little girl growing up with music around you? Oh, they were so special. We would always have big jams and like my dad's and both my folks' friends would all come over and, you know, play music together. And one of my dad's bandmates, uh, Craig Korth is his name. He's a really amazing bluegrass musician. He has two daughters and they're me and my sister's age. And, you know, when we were little, you know, we'd all have our little instruments and we'd always be playing <sighs> and just like so much communal music around the holidays was always really That's special. Cool. And that's one of the cool things about bluegrass, I feel like. It's like communal. It's almost like the more people, the better, right? Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's for sharing. It's to be played together. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You're our first bluegrass player, Bella. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm honored. We're, no, we're mostly a rock and roll and we do some country and Americana. But, it, like, listen, when, when when a cool, trailblazing chick like you comes along, <laughs> we just got to put it front and center. Well, um, of course, Bella. So, six-year-old Bella. One day she finds out that you can have your own album, that that's a thing, yeah. that, you, that you can actually have a recorded piece of equipment with songs made uh, by you. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing that you found your calling at such a young age, Bella. Did that become like at six, the laser focus of the rest of your life to make your own album? It sort of did. I mean, it was very like softly there, you know, like I always, I remember kind of like discovering that people were musicians and like seeing my dad play music and kind of like realizing that it was a path that you could take and I, I remember just like being so enamored by that and wanting to do that so badly so I would always like put on little performances for my parents and like when their friends would come over I would like you know make I would make my friends like work up little songs and dances and like perform them for our family <laughs> and I just like knew that performing was something that I really liked doing and so I think when I figured out that I could have a career in like sharing art and sharing music. I did kind of just like tunnel vision and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I've, I've always, I've always admired people like you because they always are the ones that change the world, Bella. Like you hear about people like Steven Spielberg, the director, Yeah. he, he like bluffed his way into a movie set, locked himself yeah. in a trailer because that's where he wanted to be. It seems like that's your story. So you're yeah. so young and you're so accomplished already. So like, man, can't wait to see what the future holds. Super Aww. exciting. Yeah, Bella, of course. So Calgary has more of a country scene, I would, I would say. 
Yeah, opposed to bluegrass for sure. It's definitely got yeah. more of a country scene. A little bit of more of a country scene. So obviously, you know, I'm, bluegrass is such a beautiful music. I'm so happy that you're bringing it back to the youth and to the masses. But I'm wondering, you know, when you were growing up, how was it, you know, uh, received with your neighbors, with your childhood friends, with your schoolmates? Yeah, everyone kind of like... I mean, so yeah, like you said, Alberta has a big country scene and a lot of it's like the kind of like there's definitely like classic country music, but there's also a lot of that kind of stadium, more modern pop country, which I'm not as big of a fan of. But that I remember when I was in high school and, you know, like middle school, that was really popular. Like a lot of kids really liked that kind of pop country. And yeah. I was always kind of like, hey, but you should check out this bluegrass stuff. Like, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. And everyone would kind of like, you know, scoff at it and be like, oh, that's for old people, you know, or whatever. And I would be like, wait, just wait, wait, wait. And then I would like show them some of the more modern artists and they would be like, it was really well received when I would show them people that were more accessible, like Billy Strings or Molly Tuttle or like, who at the time were these like up and comers. They weren't really like, you know, fully famous yet or anything. And yeah. And I remember then my peers would be like, oh, wait, that's actually really cool. And then I would show them the older stuff and then they would like it even yeah, more. But yeah, it yeah. definitely was like some of somewhat of a struggle, at least upon, upon my peers to get them to appreciate the music. Oh, definitely. And actually, I think that's why you're going to be so great at, at bringing it back is because, you know, some of your songs in your album, like, yeah, they're bluegrass, but there's some more also honky tonky ones. And yeah. there's like a bunch of like bridges for all yeah. kinds of like tastes to it. Yeah, you know. definitely like woven together, lots of yeah. different styles. Ah, oh, you did a great job. What a great album, really, Bill. I'm sorry I'm singing it so much. No, I appreciate it. It's so good. So are you in Nashville right now? I'm in Nashville right now, yeah. You're in Nashville, but before you, you, you ended up in Nashville, you had a little detour around the Boston area, right? Yeah, yeah. I was in Boston for just over a year. Tell us about that yeah. Boston adventure. Oh my gosh, Boston is great. I recommend any like up and coming musician to go, especially in the bluegrass country scene, to go spend some time in Boston. See, that's it, something we don't ever, ever in the history of music ever hear, right? Yeah, no one. What you just said, of, bluegrass of Boston. It's this weird little like underbelly, but because like Berkeley, the music school is in Boston and they have an American roots program for like roots music, quote unquote, umbrella, you know, like bluegrass country and uh, old time music and they've got some like great teachers. So there's this, it's like the, right now, at least it's this hub for roots music and there's just like weekly jams. And, you know, so, when it's not coronavirus time, you know, and everyone can actually do things, you know there's like really good scene in Boston. So I lived there for a year and I lived in a house with a bunch of like 12, there was 12 of us, just roots musicians oh. and played together all the time. And Oh my yeah. God, that sounds like the best time. It was great. It was really special. That's not, was it sad like when you had to break up that uh that group that 12 well, people group what's really special about that house is it's kind of it's sort of notorious in the bluegrass scene like there's just always people that are like moving in and moving out it's like constantly rotating and there's been like a lot of really amazing musicians come through so you know like I left but then I'm like you know like five more people like five people left at a time and then five more me? people come in and it's just constantly evolving so, Bella, this is bad, like but... this is like music lore. What you're telling me, this is like yeah. when you hear about like Laurel Canyon, that neighborhood in LA in the '60s or '70s, yeah. where like all these great artists came from or whatever. Like that's what it sounds like, like a like a mecca, like a creative yeah, like bird nest. Yeah, it's a really special house. It's called. It's known as the Brighton House because it's like in Brighton, Massachusetts, just like right outside of Boston proper. But it's really special. Oh, that's epic! That's epic! What a great story, Bella. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. But, 
and by the way, speaking of the pandemic, like I didn't ask you, how how are you doing? How's how, like how's the year been for you? Are, are you are you handling it okay? I think so. It's definitely been like ups and downs. I finished recording my record. Like we were in the studio when the borders closed. It was pretty yes. Crazy. So we were there the first or like the the week of the 7th of March, which was kind of when everything went. When, when the shit hit the fan, you were in Vermont. We were in Vermont recording and I we were like in a pretty isolated studio in like small town Vermont. So I remember we were all just kind of going about recording and we like knew that the coronavirus like could get bad, but it wasn't really we didn't know very much about it yet. And then so about, when, did, when did you go into the studio? We went into the studio, I think on March 7th was the okay, day. OK, March 7th, you went in. We like got to the studio. And that was then, like a Saturday. I, yeah. Everyone remembers it because like that was like that was the last music festival I went to. Everyone yeah. remembers those days. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like a good time. It was just a good day. We were like about to go make the record. And then, yeah. And then about three days in, we like started getting all these emails coming in of like gigs being canceled and the borders were being closed. And we were all kind of like, oh shit, like how are we going to get back to where we need to be? Because like some of the people that were at the studio had to fly home and we weren't sure. Right. So it just kind of all got crazy. So that was where I was at the beginning of the pandemic. And then I ended up going back to Canada for a little bit, just like for a few months, just to kind yeah. of like figure out what I was going to do. And then I ended up here, but I've been good. I've been like trucking along. You I know? like it. Well, you seem, you seem good. You seem healthy. You seem happy, yes. you know? Yeah, I would so, say. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so Oseki, so how many days were you able to be in the studio in Vermont? We actually didn't end up having to cut any of our time short because we were already in this sort of like isolated bubble. So we okay. were we were in the studio, I think, for eight or nine days. Okay. So you were like ultra focused. We were ultra focused. Yeah, we really got in the zone. We we kind of like already had the intention of limiting our interactions with the outside world. And so it just kind of like we were lucky enough to be able to keep doing that until we had to leave. So what is that like, Bella? Like, like share with, with our audience that are not musicians. Like when you go into a studio and it's like, put your blinders on, we're getting to work. Like, how is a day like? Like you wake up in a cabin in Vermont, like just walk us through a day. Yeah, so we'd wake up. Um, usually we'd have like some kind of communal breakfast together, like kind of try and just like have a little chill time in the morning. But usually like we'd have to be in the studio kind of around nine or 10. So, yeah. and the way that Guilford sound where we recorded is laid out is like you're in a house and then it's just like a 10 minute walk through the woods to the studio, which is just like so glorious. That's and so, so cool. Beautiful. It was really special. And so we, yeah, we'd wake up and we kind of have breakfast together and just like hang out, you know, slowly you wake up. Do you have like a cook or like, or somebody, one of your bandmates or like everyone just does what, whatever they want kind of thing? We were all kind of like just cooking collectively, but towards <laughs> the end, my bass player, Alan, he kind of like took on the role of being, he's like a really great cook also. So he kind of like took on the role of cooking for everyone, which was really oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. So yeah, we'd wake up, we'd have our coffee, walk over to the studio. And then it was just kind of like, as soon as we'd get into studio mode, it was just like, you know, record, record, record. And then like phone, have phones a little, off, phones yeah, off, right? Yeah, as much as possible, just like really be in the zone. Yeah. Um, and kind of all try and be in the control room, like always kind of like listening and like giving our two cents you know, making sure that everyone is like as involved as they can be. Cause I think that's like when you're doing a collaborative project, I think it's really important that everyone is there the whole time and, you know, not just like doing their bit and leaving, but like really yeah. being involved. So that was really important. Um, 
And then we'd, you know, have our little lunch break and we'd usually make sandwiches for lunch or something like that. And then, you know, go back in and finish off the session. Usually we'd end up going over our time. Like we'd usually be done around 10. 10. So we were kind of doing like 12 hour days. Um, nice. And then, yeah, after that, we'd go back and just like hang out and we were always pretty tired. And then we'd just- Of course. You know, go to bed. Although Alan, who I mentioned earlier, who ended up cooking um, a lot, we would usually- Thank you, Alan. Yeah, Alan, we would usually end up going on like a nighttime walk through the woods or something just to like, you know, clear heads, but it's such a beautiful spot where that studio yeah, is. It's kind it of sounds amazing. Be outside. Yeah. That's cool. Great. Well, you know, it, it shows because the album is so tight. Mm -hmm. um, but tell us also about the, the album in itself, as far as the, um, the project to get it across the finish line, because you did this really cool, I guess, Kickstarter campaign mm -hmm. right with, with your yes. fans and people were able to chip in what they could and people really showed up for you right yeah it felt really special to have people you know wanting to support and wanting to contribute that was I felt really grateful for that I still feel grateful for that yeah. what a beautiful thing like you know you, you, and I, I love the way you you were so honest and you laid it out for the people and people responded it was great yeah it felt really special that's great, Bella. That's great. See, there's people believing in you. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I also, I wanted to ask you about your album, you know, whether it's, you know, just like leaving or all I gave to you or whatever, you make the listener vividly feel like these characters. It's, mm. it's, it's really, you did such a splendid job. And it's amazing because you live, I mean, you grew up kind of like in a city environment. Yeah. yeah. Different, different from the characters you're writing about so well. Like mm. we're feeling these characters. Yeah. So how did you empathize that way? Like, unbelievable, the job you did. How did you do it? Oh, man, thank you. Um, I think just through, like, trying to put myself, I mean, some of the stories are, like, autobiographical, and then some of them, you know, are more embellished and fluffed and kind of made up. But I feel like I, I just try really hard to, like, put myself in the place that, or the emotions that I was feeling when I was writing the song, like, in a way try to like explain that like make it really tangible so that people can grasp on to it like really just like straightforward and that's one thing that I like love about country and bluegrass music especially more traditional is that it's so straightforward like it's very much just like I'm sad you made me sad this is why I'm sad there's not a lot of fluff in it and yeah. I feel like that's what's so accessible about it so I yes. try to try and take that approach and then modernize it like a little bit but keep it really just like raw. And I think that's the way to do it for me, at least. Well, absolutely. You killed it because whether like, you know, to your point, do you think about me at all? For example, it's like a universal feeling, right? Yeah. Isn't it? it doesn't matter if you're talking about Nashville or Japan. Yeah, exactly. It's like, exactly. it's like a human thing. So yeah. to your point, absolutely. These are human emotions. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, I, Bella, lastly, um, I want to ask you about some of the great players uh, you played mm -hmm. on the record. Uh, we, we talked about Reed Stoltz, yeah. uh, guitar, Berkeley guy. Oh, Reed played, yeah, he played mandolin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he plays mandolin, right? He, he's from Berkeley. Uh, and just tell us a little bit about the supporting cast that complement your voice and your lyrics so well in this album. Oh, yeah, well, they're all wonderful. Reed, who played mandolin, and Julian Pinelli, who played fiddle, they both graduated and attended Berkeley. And so Reed and I were actually like, we, he lived, um, he lives in Durham, North Carolina now, but at the time he was also living in Boston. We were housemates. 
Um, and Julian, before I moved to Boston, he went to Berkeley and he lived in the same house that I was living in when I was there. So that's kind of also just like the collective flow of the Boston scene. But Julian now he lives here in Nashville. Um, and I met them both just at like different festivals. And we like stayed up all night playing music together and just like have had great musical chemistry. And I kind of couldn't think of better people that I would want to have on the project. And then Alan, who I mentioned earlier, who ended up doing a lot of cooking and played bass on the record. I've known him the longest. I've known him for like six years maybe. And he um, he's also from Canada. And so that was kind of like a fun connection. And I met him at another festival and he was playing with um, a country singer named Sarah Jane Scouten, who's Canadian, who's awesome. And I just like loved his playing and like one, I was like, I need you to be in my band, I need you. Um, and so that was great. And then Patrick who produced the record is a great fiddle player. And mm -hmm. he's in a band called the Lonely Heartstring Band. And he also lived in Boston and, but is originally from Canada. So there was this kind of like fun Canada, Boston connection going on on the record. I, but yeah, they're all just people that I'd kind of played with randomly or met at festivals. and everyone was like good friends and so that was really special that's amazing well look if there's one takeaway from this interview is musician kids you don't have to go to berkeley just go to boston and hang out around yeah. berkeley you get all the benefits and like look at bella you feed know off the scene yeah exactly. feed, off, feed off the scene there you go yeah you're being so generous with your time and there's a rumor that you may play a song for us but i wanted to ask you bella um tell us a little bit about bella white the non-musician like what do you do you ever shut off like like the, the the songwriting brain and you say you know what i'm taking a one week sabbatical i'm i like to go skiing i like to go fishing like reading tell us a little bit about you yeah well i also grew up in a really outdoorsy family so i grew up actually competitively ski racing ah uh, perfect so I do ski and I, we have me and all my housemates, they're also all musicians, but we have this like mutual love for rock climbing. And nice. so we go climbing a lot and we go backpacking and we have a climbing wall in our backyard. So no way. We're, not, oh, yeah, we're not playing, we're doing a lot of like climbing and just hanging out outside. Badass. Yeah, it's awesome. You're badass, Bella. Oh, you. You, you got the sensitive side, you got the badass side, <laughs> you got it all, you got it all. Oh. Well, we're, so, we're so happy we got you before you win 10 Grammys. Remember us. Listen, <laughs> we'll, we'll manifest it. When you win your first Grammy, Bella, you have to come to, back to the show and we'll talk about your Grammy experience. Okay, we can do that. Listen, you're laughing now, but I'm going to replay this in a couple of years. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Awesome, Bella. Well, listen, what song are you going to play for us? Excited? Yeah, I was thinking of playing um, my guitar. I was oh. thinking of playing The Hand of Your Raising. Sure, that's great. So that guitar, do you name your guitars? I don't name my guitars. I I have in the past. This one doesn't have a name, but is my most Beautiful. most prized instrument. Maybe maybe I should name it though. <laughs> yeah. Great. Shall I go ahead? Absolutely. When right. you're ready. It's your nature to be kind Or just the hand of your raising I didn't know you before I met you I don't know if I know you now It was in the morning when you left 
feel red like the carpet on my bedroom floor full of loaded words and nothing I ain't heard from you before now I feel red like the carpet on my bedroom floor and I'm not sure how I have followed you on that door instead of holding it all open like the way that you held me not so long ago. I wear my cards on my sleeve, but you leave yours in the shadows, swimming so deep and in the darkness. Do you think that I can? I feel red like the carpet on my bedroom floor Full of loaded words and nothing I ain't heard from you before Now I feel red like the carpet on my bedroom floor And I'm not sure how It's your nature to be kind, or just the hand of your reason. Wow. Unbelievable, Bella. You sound even better than the record. Oh, thank you so much. Outstanding, Bella. Wow. Look at that. Great. Bella, what a what a what a treat to have you! Couldn't have asked for a better first time blue blue blue, blue, bluegrass singer. So thank yes. you so much. No, thank you. I appreciate Take it. Take care. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to J Rod Concerts the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.